Did you know that peanut butter was invented in St. Louis? I didn't know that. I just found it out. But if you're looking for anything to do in St. Louis, something to see, a theater, a movie, a concert, or food to eat, or hotels to stay in, or you got a group and you're looking for an outing, or you need to move your convention from another city, go to explorestl.com. It's your source for all things St. Louis. And now, let's get to the pod. Up next, got some 70s-era Southern rock for you, starting with Sticks. We're back. I brought a friend with me today, guys. You did? Yeah, did you hear him? I did. Is that your Spotify DJ? Spot on. Ding, 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 ding. Didn't even have to ask you about the music. No. Um, another episode of the Soccer Dad Pod, kicking off today with my new AI buddy. He's my DJ. Spotify. Oh, yeah. Have you guys Have you guys seen that? Yeah, I, I I messed around with it a little bit a couple months ago, and uh, I would do that in the car, and the kids did not like that the little DJ called my name. And then <laughs> based on what he thought I liked that day. <laughs> well, I've been giving my DJ a run for his money. Yeah. An opportunity to prove himself. Uh, because me and Kim and the kids, we all have our own kind of Spotify accounts under my umbrella. <clears throat> and he's spot on, man. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, it's very creepy. Yeah, and then if you don't like what he's playing, you hit the button, and he immediately is like, okay, I get it. You're not feeling that. Let's pick up the tempo, or whatever it is. Yep. It, it's incredibly intuitive. Jared, you look awfully confused. Are you, are you, you know what we're talking about here? Yeah, I do. I'm aware of Spotify and Spotify DJ. I'm just not into it, dude. I'm my own DJ, man. I mean, I'm here to party, and I can, I, there's no, Spotify DJ that can replace this uh, mojo. Is that why you keep like your 2008 Ranger so you can throw the CDs in there? Well, it's got a six disc <laughs> CD changer in the console. Um, you probably got a you probably got Pioneer subs. Yeah, got an Alpine head unit. Uh, yeah, what detachable face. You have detachable face. I put it in my cargo pants when I go in to work out. <laughs> love it absolutely love it uh well gentlemen uh this is two in a row that we're uh, zooming it in here uh for two reasons one uh the boys training got punted we're in the middle of this still pseudo freeze slushy nasty shit uh so we're all three home tonight and our guest coming up here He's over there in that eastern time zone. Uh, so we had to zoom him in anyway. So we k- killed two birds, right? You guys uh, uh, looking forward to today. I, I, I want to get a couple things out of the way real quick. Um, as usual, we're just super appreciative of all the support from all of you. Um, the, the, the subscribes, the likes, the reviews, they keep ticking on the upside. Uh, I, I got to be honest, if you like what we do and you really want it to go a little bit further and ena- enable us the ability really to talk to potential guests that are kind of eh, 
even though nobody said no. Well, I take that back. Messi said no. We reached out to their camp, and apparently he doesn't speak English well. And uh, and he didn't. He wasn't sure about that Jared guy. Um, but uh, just a quick a quick review. It's super appreciated. Uh, I want I want to thank uh, Shelly and and P and the team over there at uh, the Ambush for continuing to support uh, all all of our episodes. Get out, support them. Go check the game out. Take the kids. Go indoors. Super fast. A lot of fun. Uh, St. Louis Ambush. Go to the website on the dot com side or any of their socials will run you through there. Uh, explore St. Louis. Um, they are the source. If you're listening and, and you're just really, if you're here and you're wondering, like, I'm in a rut, or you feel you're in a rut and you do something, just go to explorestl.com. Uh, go to any of their social pages. Just scroll a little bit. You're gonna see a plethora of options that are uh, well beyond the usual suspects. So check it out. Um, what what have you well, what what, what, what have you guys done lately? What have you? Well, uh, I was going to jump in here and say, first of all, there is an ambush game against Baltimore Blast on Saturday, this Saturday, the 20th at 6.05 Central. So there's one thing to do this weekend. I was just talking to my daughter who just recently went back to Truman State, and she is bringing a couple friends in from outside of Missouri, inside of Missouri, but have never really been to St. Louis. And so they're going to go to Union Station. They're going to go to City Museum and bounce around a couple places. So those are two really fun indoor activities coming up. That's cool. I mean, there, I, there's a lot of shit going on. I was just looking um, earlier. Tickets are still available. The factory down in the valley, uh, if, I, if I'm over the next 30 days, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm going to tout a show – Muscadine Bloodline, February 24th. Go check it out. If you haven't been in the factory yet, you definitely need to check it out. If you've ever been in the pageant and you like that experience, go to the factory. Uh, it's it's new, clean, more bathrooms, more bars, uh, parking lot. That is easy. It's a great space. So check it out. Plenty of things to do. ExploreSTL.com if you need some help. Um, and now we're going to roll right into... Our beloved Pinnacle Points of the Day, brought to you by ThePinnacleLoans.com. Check it out if you need a little help with that Sukasa of yours, or you need a new one. Uh, who wants to go first? You guys both are kind of like, you got a little bit of the winter blahs on your face. It's really funny doing this via Zoom because... Uh, <laughs> Without a pint of urban in front of you, it's it's a little suspect. Well, I, I have a pint of fat tire from um, New Belgium Brewery. Uh, so, AK new James. bottle, new look. Yeah, you know that new bottle, oh, yeah. new look. Yeah, I had I like some pints of fat tire last night at the Red Lobster. Oh my goodness! Delicious. What? Ultimate feast and Wait like about. Just, hold on, I did. At tires. <laughs> I did have a pinnacle point, and now I have a new one. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It will be what the f- what are you doing at Red Lobster? Family Jared. dinner. Jared. Uh, I had to go to the Red Lobster. 
um, the whole family gets together and um, we have a dinner at Red Lobster. Not my idea. I just show up. Is it because I'm part it, of the family? Is it a shtick or is it legitimately a culinary destination? It for some it's a culinary destination. For some it's just to get to hang out to the, with the family, and for others, um, I, it's just a it, it's a it's cheddar biscuits. You have to show up. Yeah, you have to show up, and the biscuits were hitting. <laughs> Zach, you go first, man. What's your point of it? Because I can't even fathom anymore so another i've got two really quick ones one is um on saturday again at two central city is playing the upsl team is playing in the national quarterfinals versus florida premier so if you have a way to view that you can do all day city soccer uh, or st louis soccer and watch city's upsl team play at two and then head over to st charles and watch the ambush the second one i have really quickly and it's kind of funny is if you live in Southwest Florida and you're listening to this, watch for falling iguanas this weekend. The temperatures are set to drop below 40, which freezes the reptiles that are sleeping in trees, and they literally fall out like hey, big old rocks. Hey, Jim and Perry and all of you guys down there in uh, the Tampa, the the West Coast there, if it gets a little chilly, look up. <laughs> lizards coming at you. Um, oh, yeah. Jared, what you got today, man? You know, I'm going away for the, at least the third consecutive show that I was on for my pinnacle point two. I'm not going soccer again, and, and one day I'll revisit it. But I am going to uh, our friends up north, and I am going to my brew of choice today is from New Glarus Brewing Company. And what I will say to our listeners, and I would imagine most of them have heard of it, um, this is an employee owned brewing company The Dan Carey, the founder, he's got a B background. Imagine that very highly decorated, um, in, in the brewing class, valedictorian, things like that. But they have this beer that you can only buy in Wisconsin and it is called spotted cow. They have many other flavors that are also very drinkable, but this spotted cow beer just makes me happy. I mean, if you have a chance to get your hands on this, my neighbor just had a youth hockey tournament so, in Wisconsin, let, and they brought me some down. Let me ask you this, because <clears throat> you guys well know that I've officially gone full circle on from a beer standpoint. I was poor. Yes. I started off poor, and it had to be twelve packs that were sub three bucks, you know, in in college, and. Moved into kind of a cool, artsy phase, and everything had to have 7,000 flavors. And now I'm back to Miller Lite. Uh, is this, are, are you saying that this, what was the beer called again, Jared? Spotted Cow. Spotted Cow. Is that the new Yangling? Because now we can get no, Yangling. No, well, hold, hold no. on, hold on, let me finish. I'm not saying from a flavor. This is not a, 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 a taste test review. What I'm saying is the 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 lure of it. Because Yingling wasn't distributed, and you know you couldn't get. You had to send friends to go get a twelve pack, and now it's here. Now, now nobody really gives a shit about it. So is well, this here's what I'll say. is this the new Yingling? Here's what I'll say. I, 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 I'm, I'm stepping in what you're smelling, because I think when Yingling was ungettable in our market here, it was a fad, and oh, go get me some Yingling. And I think there's some people that really like Yingling. For me, once I could get Yingling. 
and I think this is what you're referring to. Uh, I just it, it lost all its luster for me. Plus, it gives me a bellyache, um, and that's maybe just personal. But what I will say is, I don't think Spotted Cow and Yingling are apples to apples. I think Spotted Cow is just an overall better beer. Zach, what are your thoughts? A yes, it's a better beer. B. <clears throat> It's not like the Yingling because it's only distributed within Wisconsin. So it, it doesn't go to any other states um, and they are not, they have no intention of doing so. I did actually have a spotted cow, um, actually not a, new, not a spotted cow. I had New Glarus IPA last night. Um, huh. So, yeah. Is, is, fancy it, too. is it so more? Enjoy your Miller Lite, JB. Yeah. Is it more than, uh, I, well, let me think, uh, 10 bucks, 11 bucks, a 12 pack? Yes. It's expensive. By a That's lot. That's the one thing that does think. It's yeah. It's probably in the low twenties for a case. For oh. a case, but not yeah. a, not a six pack. It's about yeah, a dollar. But if you buy it by the six pack, it's probably yeah. eight nine I don't know, man. Is it yellow when you pour yes. it into? It, is it yellow? Yeah. Does it taste yeah. like Miller Lite? Nope. Then no. I, okay. But, it, I, I but it's it. good. You All would right. like it. <laughs> Hey, I got a pinnacle point of the day. This is uh, taking me back because the other day, um, as you guys well know, um, early, well, no, it's, it's going on two years now. Uh, I sold the actual physical studio of Gaslight Studios, have kept the business. So, you know, that's kind of the umbrella that helps all this along. Uh, back in the day, our kind of claim to fame was our video series. Uh, called the Gaslight Sessions. You guys saw those videos. Zach, every now and then you talk about even still throwing them on. Oh, yeah. um, last week, kind of worked through some details, but check this out. Our boy Sean James, uh, the, through the Valley fame, um, who is going on a couple world tours this year. I mean, he's he, he's a big he's a big time touring artist in his in his lane in his genre. Uh, we worked out a deal. He is going to be releasing all eight of our Gaslight Sessions tracks, um, and we're going to pump it out there, and potentially in front of his uh, tour dates, we might have a little custom record, a little vinyl from the Gaslight Session days. So uh, go check it out. If you're if you're listening and you want to hear... Uh, well, Zach, you've listened. Give it, what, what's, your, what's your review on Through the Valley real quick, that track? Sean James is just, he's just got that kind of gritty Southern tone to his voice. And he's got a really good kind of, not rockabilly rhythm, but somewhat of a rockabilly rhythm. And it's just easy to listen to, but it's also kind of hardcore. So I I love his music. Well, he's... Where, can, we, can we go out to break <clears throat> with some Mr. James music? Uh we we can i will actually so i wanted to bring this up why he is popular why he's growing is through the valley his song it ended up being picked up as the theme song for the hit video game turned into the hit tv show last of us yeah. so really yeah yeah that's the connection do i get anything out of this selfishly like any do i do i get anything out of this you know what we did not <laughs> Let me, well, hold on. Let me think back. Did did we talk about Jared? No, we did not. Uh, well, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, then I don't care. What's the we'll, we'll, we'll bring you, We're gonna bring you. No, no. I went. It's it's one of those things. You know, everybody. You know how you know. Um, this goes back to the whole DJ at the beginning of this at this episode. You know how when you 
you get in a rut when it comes to music, when it comes to books, when it comes to TV or Netflix or whatever, right? You always kind of, you, you go back to the tried and true and then you catch yourself like thinking I'm bored or this is boring or I'm tired of these songs or whatever. Here's an opportunity. Sean James giving you a name. If you're looking for something new, that's a freebie. So yep. it's, it's DJ. Check him out. And I'm not even AI. So uh, <laughs> that would be cool, though. I had a, you know, I had a conversation with Beckett earlier uh, on the ride to school. We hit the DJ button, and he goes, uh, he said something to the fact he's like, yeah, it's, it's pretty good, you know, it's a good mix. And I'm like, uh, that's why you need to take more coding in school. But I don't like <laughs> I don't like coding. <laughs> I'm like, well, I let me ask you this: You brought up Beckett. On a serious note, as we're going out, yeah. Um, I walked into this house today after work, and it was like a Morgan here. Um, are your kids just like like they've lost their last friend? I mean, I walked in here. I'm like, hey guys, how are you doing? And they're like, fine. And like one word answers, and I'm like, what's up with you? And he's like, it's not even cold outside. Like we haven't practiced all week, so. These kids over here are pissed off that they're sitting here staring at each other, not playing. Yeah, no, it it really is funny because I think back to, uh, you know, whenever I was a kid, you know, it, you guys are probably the same. Nobody loves practice except for kids that do love practice. You know, and these kids are now training four, five, six days a week. And when you take that away from them, they're not normal. Like it, it's like they don't know what to do, no. <laughs> and yeah, it, I, I got mixed feelings about it. But I'm like, at least he's passionate about something. Well, it, it takes yeah. me back to what our, our guest from our most recent episode talked about. You know, they're looking for kids that love the game, and if they're not seeking new training opportunities every day to grow and to learn and to expand, he didn't want them. So I love the passion that these kids have, and. It sucks they can't get out there, but they'll get back out there. They'll be all right. Yeah, no, um, Jared, you were saying earlier, because obviously you weren't able to join us on last night's episode. Um, you listened to it. Um, it well, what's your takeaway? What was something that stood out for you about the episode from uh, our friend Mike Bristol? That, that guy specifically has um, been there, done that. He can definitely... Um, He's a good guy to be able to um, uh, um, give facts on the do's and don'ts. The very end of the episode, when Zach asked him, first time we've done this, what question would you, uh, what question did we not ask you that we should have? And then when he talked about specifically um, the, the highlight video, I thought that that was pretty. Um, um, entertaining or or it was informative because um you know these kids making highlight videos you know short to the point make sure they're highlights no fluff get in and get out and i think that was pretty good advice yeah especially from recruiting national team players for three four five years at florida state yeah yeah no it was uh it was good yeah it, it, you should listen to it whether you have a little one or not, but especially if you do and they're thinking about the next level at any level, it's a great episode. Like, I mean, we're, we're peeling back the onion from the people that are making the call 
they're telling you what they're looking for. So uh, last so- thing I'll say on that yeah, go is ahead. Uh, last thing I'll say on that. And, and I actually am starting to enjoy it uh, more so than I thought I would being a male in a, in playing the game as a male. Um, we're starting to get some of these female, uh, these, these people that are in the female game in our country that aren't just in the game. They're, they're, they're leaders in our game. And it, it's an interesting um, um, give and take or back and forth on the difference between the two games and how big our female games growing. And I'm looking forward to having more of these female driven guests on our shows, including soccer mom, because there's a whole group of people that want to hear that too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you too. We, we need a little rotation. Jen is uh, Jen's holding court over there at Soccer Mom Sunday, and I've been sidecarring it, you know, steering. Need to rotate it out. You guys need to get over there on some of these conversations because they'll, uh, the, they'll 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 put a little boot in your butt. So you guys yep. uh, you guys ready for a little quick break, and then we're gonna bring on our guest for the day. Sounds yeah, good. I'm gonna get another spotted cow. All right, and then plus. Probably if the female guests that they were actually females and they knew I was going to be on the show, we would be more active. Okay, yeah, sweet, yeah, great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so glad you kept talking. So glad. All right, we're out. Here we go. I'm going to roll us out with a little Sean James. Told you about it. Check it out. Gravelly, eerie, great stuff. We'll see you on the flip side. The term staycation was really invented by soccer moms. Located one hour and seven minutes from the arch, the Music Box Chalet at Innsbruck is a hidden gem. Buried in three acres of private woods, the Music Box has a master suite for just you, a loft and second bath for them, and a vinyl collection to meet your every mood. The full-size kitchen will easily accommodate three to 12 bottles of rosé, while the huge fire pit seating area will keep the big kids busy. Golf, fishing, kayaking, pickleball, or simply reading a book with Mother Nature, all at your fingertips. Visit either VRBO or Airbnb to find the Music Box Chalet. And now, back to those guys. All right. We're back. Mm-hmm. Little break, uh, Jared. I saw you took off there. What'd you do? Did you get a little refill? Oh, you brought in your buddy. Well, he's been in here, but I had I went and got another new Glarus spotted cow. Well, you know what time it is. It's I mean, ha- just it's because happy you booted it, just because no, 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 like Miller bust. No, no, I didn't poo-poo it. You drink whatever you want. I'm just telling you, I'm not gonna drink anything that. I will drink other things, as you guys well know, but I prefer to have a Miller Light label on it, just because I don't want to guess anymore. I'm over that. So, uh, were you guys able to hear what I'm playing here? Any any guesses? Little Isley Brothers. This is in honor of our guest coming on here. Uh, little known no, I- fact. Now you know. Uh, Isley Brothers are from Cincinnati, the Queen City. Yeah. So, uh, no offense to our guests, but I always, every now and then, like if I'm interviewing somebody from another area, I like to go, hey, rock and rollers from, you know, Paducah or wherever the guest is from. 
Uh, Cincinnati needs to work on its music scene a little bit. <laughs> so when the Isley brothers <laughs> are at the top. <laughs> uh, well, I don't think their fast food chili scene's that great either. Oh, Whoa, shots oh, fired. Wow. I'm going I'm hey. I'm to bring him on right now so he can go ahead. And uh, BJ Durrell uh, from the Durrell Football Academy, also the uh, founder, originator, uh, proprietor, and seller of all things Techers, soccer training gear. Uh, ex-player himself for a number of years, a number of different levels, and has a household loaded with about, th- what was the number, 37? 37 children? Well, it's 34. 34, all right. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing today? Not too bad. You guys doing good? Doing great, man. Oh, man. I'm doing excellent. Yeah, I mean, can't you see the enthusiasm on Jared's face there? He's uh, he's, he's our he's our shiny light, so... Uh, Appreciate you joining us. Um, uh, you, you mentioned that you'd listen to a few episodes. You kind of know how this thing rolls, and you kind of uh, probably skimmed over some of the guests. You see the the types of guests that we have on. Obviously, we're St. Louis heavy, but we we love a good uh, conversation from any part of the uh, of, of the globe. Um, mm-hmm. Cincinnati, it's a soccer city, and I, where I want to start is this. How cool is it for you guys to have kind of, you know, the the grind and the clubs and growing and, and you snagged that MLS team a few years back and now you, you had this incredible year and it was all brought to you by a coach from St. Louis. <laughs> you know what? The, the coaching staff that we have now is far <laughs> better than the coaching staff we had several years ago. So I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, you like that touche. Uh, yeah, Pat, Pat Noonan, uh, one, one of our favorite. He, he's been on. Um, he's a good dismet boy, St. Louis kid. Was he yeah. Bush or Gallagher, Jared? Do you remember? Gallagher. He was, he was Gallagher a Gallagher side. guy. Uh, Gallagher, so- and like Tim Kelly, got cut from Gallagher in his youth, which, I mean, shame on that guy who cut Pat Noonan. Um, and then, you know, maybe it's what he needed. But, you know, he, he was a Gallagher guy, though, in the end. Yeah, no, I I don't want to make this uh, Cincinnati Pat Noonan show with BJ Durrell as color commentary. <laughs> uh, help, help us out. We always do this kind of. We need a little set the table real quick. Um, if you don't mind, uh, give our listeners a little bit of uh, geographical background. Uh, you know, I noticed in some of your bio on the businesses, uh, you've got ODP experience, camp experience, collegiate experience. Run us through a little bit of that. And, you know, we'll get into the development and the training and techers here in just a little bit. Yeah. So I, I actually grew up in Louisiana, South Louisiana. And growing up down there in the 80s and the early 90s, there was no soccer whatsoever. Um, our soccer programs consisted of neighborhood teams, mm-hmm. all rec, no club. It was baseball, football. And, and that, was, that was pretty much the dominant sports in the South. I didn't play club until I was probably 12 years old, which is late by today's standards. Um, so I was I was wrecked until then. And then my my family moved us up here to Cincinnati, where we are now. And it was an entire mind shift, uh, kind of explosion uh, in my mind of what I saw. Organized teams, matching uniforms, which I'd never seen before. Um, so it was a whole different ballgame. The the club realm back then is obviously a lot different than it is now but growing up in that and seeing the development that took place i mean it was a lot of fun uh, i like the competitive nature of it 
I was able to play ODP back then, which was, I hate to, hate to burst people's bubble, but ODP was something back then. Uh, ODP is not really a whole lot anymore because right. of the GA, ECNL, um, you know, the, and those higher level leagues that have kind of taken away from that. But ODP back then, that's where he got noticed. And that's where he got like the big regional play and national competition. So I got to do ODP um, when I was 16. We were actually at a showcase in South Carolina, and I got picked up to go represent the U.S. overseas. I mean, we played Spain. We played uh, Netherlands. We played Russia. We played Brazil. That was the best experience I've ever had. And that, I probably learned more doing that over those weeks and months than I ever learned domestically in club. Um did high school. I liked high school. Obviously, high school is a different animal than club. High school is more for the community. Club's more for the higher levels once you want to get noticed and everything else, too. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I loved it all. I, I loved the competition. Uh, went and played college at Shawnee State for a while. Transferred to UC uh, for my last year in school. Really enjoyed it. Played after that. FC Dayton was around back then, and that was a semi-pro team. It's changed a little bit since I played. Um, I know there is an FC Dayton now. It's a different level than it is than it was back then. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I think for me, it's you know everything that I've done has obviously led to the academy getting started 15 years ago. But I would say that my experience playing overseas is what really drives the mindset behind the academy, even to this day. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious because I, that's a uh, from a logistical standpoint and really a culture standpoint you go from louisiana and look we we all know that that is not a soccer hotbed uh you you move up to you know southern ohio kentucky border region um soccer's been there for a long time um but it's really really accelerated frankly over the last 20 25 years um you know, and now, now you're in the environment up there. You're working with these clubs. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the Durrell Football Academy. Uh, you're coaching and shifting into the why. You know, what about the game or, or coaching? Those two things combined. What was the draw and what was the, uh, the implementation for you into the Cincinnati market to take it to the next level? So when it comes to the training aspect of it, I really started off with a neighbor of mine who had a daughter who was trying to play soccer. He knew that I played, didn't know what level I played at, but he just said, hey, would you mind coming over and showing my kid a couple of things to get her familiar with the ball? And I think she was sixth grade at, at that moment. And I worked with her probably twice a week for maybe eight, nine months. Uh, just in the neighborhood backyards and, and that was it or the neighborhood park and then next thing i know she's inviting friends or hit her dad's inviting friends to come say hey you know they they want to get some some training also and it, it really kind of snowballed from there so 15 years ago i take on a, a neighborhood kid and this day our summer program i mean we see hundreds of kids i mean we see kids from canada that come down we see kids from south carolina that drive up or fly up for a week or two um so it's really has grown into a great, great environment. And it's definitely the environment that invites people. I'm, I'm, I'm not the best trainer. <laughs> I'm never, I'll never pretend that I am, but I definitely think it's the environment that we project and that we, that we display is, is really the big, big piece. Go ahead, Jared. Yeah. I, uh, 
you know, knowing a little bit about the academy and reading and then word of mouth, um, I, I think the most interesting thing, there's a lot of people that are doing this off the side, away from the club and or the team. And the thing that I think separates you, at least by your reputation and how you um, carry yourself, is when people show up to get trained by you, they aren't coming there for a vacation to kick some balls around. Um, what's interesting is, is and, and, and people will act like this is just common sense, but the reality is, is it's not. When when people show up to get trained by Jarrell Football Academy, your guys' expectations um, are over the moon. You expect 100%. There's a discipline aspect of it. Can you, can you speak about that a little bit as far as what you guys expect as you guys are going down the road building this academy? Yeah, and, and obviously that's evolved over the years, right? So year one, 15 years ago, it was not the same mindset that it is now. The and, and We make very clear, especially the new families that sign up, either whether they want to come train for winter, whether they want to come train a couple times a week throughout the year. If it's a new family that I don't know and they've heard word of mouth, whenever they register for anything, I give them a call within 24 hours. I'm like, listen, here's what you need to expect because I don't want to get to the point, and I was at this point several years ago and I hated it, where I get a call from a parent and say, hey, we got trials in four weeks. What can you do for our kid? The answer yeah. is nothing. I can't do anything for your kid, not in four weeks. Yeah. That's, not, that's not development. That is, that is me busting your kid's balls for four weeks and then you guys paying me to, yeah, to they, put them. Yeah, get I can them, get them fit. You get, know, them, get them in shape, yeah. right? Yeah, I can get them in shape, but – it, it to, for it to be done right, there's a certain mental aspect that the player has to have. And and that's what I look for. I, I'll be honest. I don't care how good the kid is. I'd never have. What I care more about is what their mental aptitude is for the type of training that we do. Because if they don't have that, it's not going to work out. And, and, and I don't have any issues talking to parents about that and being up front. Because like you, like you said, my expectations when a player comes to me is, is here. I mean, we have high expectations. But they need to have high expectations also. So if my expectation for the players here, I need them to have that same expectation for me or the trainers also. It, it, it's not this one-way thing. It's I expect this from you. You need to expect this from me because I promise you I'm going to bring it every single day. Yeah, and if you go to your website for <laughs> Darrell Football Academy, there's a picture that kind of says everything I need to know about what kind of camp this is, which is you have – a group of girls running through a shallow end of a beach mm -hmm. in the water, not on the sand, not in the rocks, not on a trail, running through water. If not on a turf field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not on a turf field. Yeah. So I think it's it's interesting. So let me ask you about the development of that. You know, you, mm -hmm. you mentioned, you know, 15 years ago things were different. Do you have a constantly evolving academy, or is it kind of you've set at least 90% of it, and you might give or take a little bit. Like, how did that evolve to, to where it is today? Yeah, so I would say that our, our base is laid for the academy at this point. We have a very strong base that's built on solid ground. We will fluctuate here and there depending on what it is that we want to achieve with certain groups. Sure. So I have a group I have a group right now that trains with me uh, three days a week, and that's for 10 months. So we start in uh, October, we go all the way through July. And so it's the same group of kids. Now, obviously they know my base, they know that the expectations are high for this, but we don't have to rush through things like you might 
for a trainer who has a kid once a week for four months or whatever it is. Wait, can I, can I, yeah. I just want to uh, preface all of this a little bit <clears throat> or create some clarity because when we talk about Durrell Football Academy, this, the, you're not a club. These are no. not teams. This is purely a, a training service that, yes. that kids from any club or any level, well, not any level, but that, that mm -hmm. are using as uh, truly training in addition to whatever they're doing yes. with their team. That, yeah, that's correct. So we don't, we're not, we're definitely not a club. And, and, and I want to make sure that everyone understands that we're not a club. We are a strictly training environment. And when I say training environment, I mean, we have like the office that I have right now that I'm in right now, we do weight training for the athletes. We do speed agility training for the athletes. I've got tech ball tables set up for athletes to get technical work in. We go to the field. Uh, we rent indoor places for the, for the winter months, outdoors uh, during the summer, we're always outdoors. But yeah, so we are strictly a training academy and that's all we do year round. The, we, we do set up games in the summer months with my summer program. So we do set up games with WPSL teams or um, like some of those, the semi-pro teams that like we'll have games against them uh, with our high school kids and our college program. Um, but we are definitely not a club. And, and the players that we get are those players who are trying to get to the next level, whatever that level is. doesn't have to be college, but that's, predominantly what we have so so, so let me ask you a question uh the, yeah. the demand uh as it's been laid out to you uh be it from the players and or the the parents or the family as a group what are you hearing is the primary goal or uh roi that these participants are looking for from your academy in particular in your mm -hmm. market is it simply I want to quote get better. Is it can you help with placement? Is it I'm you know? Do you know any scouts or do you know any uh, you know uh, university coaches? What what does the expectation look like from inbound participants? Uh, and 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 where and where are you guys specializing right now? Yes, that's a great question. Um, a lot of the players and parents that we get come to Durell Academy because we have those really we do have relationships with college coaches. We, in the last four years, we probably had 105, 110 college coaches come and scout the summer programs for the high school ages. Uh, we have great placement percentages on that also. So that is definitely an aspect of it. Uh, and I know I mean, we're, we're parents and, you know, I, I understand that connections can do a lot of things for you. So I, I do know that there's an aspect of that to it. The thing that separates us, I think, predominantly from everybody else in the city, there's a lot of trainers in the Cincinnati market, is one, the expectations that we have are very high, and we we don't negotiate on our expectations ever. The other thing that we do differently is that, and I don't know what it's like in St. Louis where you guys are or, or other parts of the country, but there's a lot of trainers who focus on cones, a lot of trainers who focus on dribbling around poles and passing patterns we don't do that and i make it very clear to players and parents that if you want to learn how to dribble or juggle watch youtube or go do go to this other trainer who trains with this particular skill set we are very much known for our speed of play and how we develop players in the speed of play um in my in my opinion and, and i coach club for about a decade um speed of play is drastically dropping 
in this country as far as youth players go. The, the coaches up here and the clubs up here look for size and speed first. And then they look to see if they can make a soccer player second. Yeah. Go ahead. Go we, ahead. Go ahead. So, sorry, Zach. I see you chomping, biting at the bit. No. Go ahead, man. <laughs> I, I love this because my, my follow-up to that is just, you know, I asked you earlier about the evolution of the Academy and you talked about how you have a pretty strong baseline now and you make tweaks are most of the tweaks informed by your partners, meaning the college coaches that are recruiting players, or are they from the clubs where they're sending kids, you know, do off season training or midweek trainings as well? Where's the influence coming for your decision-making in tweaks to the, the curriculum? Yeah. So, that, so most of the, most of the influence comes from college coaches and the players themselves. Um, I'll, I'll be very honest and I'm, I'm very frank about this. We don't really have a whole lot of clubs who like to send their kids to us because we go so hard and we have such an intensity within our training sessions that we actually have club directors who we, we do have some clubs that like us. We do have some coaches that like us because of how we develop, but we have certain directors in the area that push kids away from our summer program because they think it's too tough. Um, it's too hard for their players, which is mind boggling to me first off. Um, but most of the influence for the way that the academy develops and the academy moves is from the college coaches. Um, I was I was talking to OU's coach the other day, um, and, I, and I talked to other coaches throughout the year also. Nate, who was at Xavier um, before he just left, you know, Nate and I, we would have lunch probably every three or four weeks. We talk soccer all the time. What's the what does it look like uh, in the area right now? Clubs, what's it look like on the college front? So a lot of what we do comes directly from influence from the college coaches and the players telling me what they're not getting in the club setting. Go, go ahead, Jared. Hey, oh, by the let way, me I, let me let me say one thing, Jared. I appreciate your formality by clicking the hand raise icon. Yeah, good yeah. job, man. Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm very professional. Um, BJ, uh, kind of on the tip of my tongue, and and I'm not implying anything here, but I would just like to kind of have you. Uh, spin the web on what is the Durrell soccer football academy's relationship with with FC Cincinnati as an MLS next club or an MLS academy and on the flip side I don't know the hierarchy of clubs in in Cincinnati but I think Cincinnati United is a pretty mm -hmm. pretty big club in Cincinnati what yep. is the Durrell football academy relationship to, to those two clubs specifically so I actually I just met Kat who's the new GA director at Cup at since that United Premier just met her a couple okay. weeks ago. Um, I, I met her because of Techers first off. I didn't meet her because of soccer. Um, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice lady. She has a great background pedigree. We did have a couple conversations. There is, um, and, and then I know uh, the CEO of um, since that United also. We have business relationships with them. Okay. We don't necessarily have coaching relationships with them, and. The biggest reason is there is a I hate I hate to say this. There's another trainer in the area who considers me a rival who coaches and directs at Cincinnati United. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, so so the players I get from Cincinnati United come to me for certain reasons, and I'll, we're not going to talk about them. But they come to me because they're missing something, and and this is all players. Yeah, they come to us sure. because they're missing something on on the team side, and and I was a I was a club coach. Well, that coach needs to focus on the team. Let, I get that. 
can can I go back to one thing you were talking about earlier? Because Zach's question brought you to a response in which you were saying that part of your philosophy, your strategy, you're deriving your your methodology from wish lists or expectations from the next level college coaches that are in your region that you have the relationship with. Um, do you see that as a niche that you're going to lean more into, you know, because, you know, uh, Jared, Zach and I, and our guests and off the record, on the record, on the mic, off the mic, and especially like on the women's side of the game. In fact, we just had Mike Bristol on. He was a uh, staffer at Florida state during their, you know, three of their national championships. Now he's at, uh, at, at Washington spirit on their staff. He said, and we talk about it all the time, the the American game is just, we have athletes. We have a, a, a high level of technical skill, but our pace of play is not on par with the the Dutch and the Germans. Is, is this something that you're seeing as a gap in the market and that you guys are leaning into? Um, because what Jared was talking about, I, I'm listening to you lay out your business, and I know how clubs operate, and clubs are extremely territorial. You know, yes. if they see an opportunity to add a service, they will do it well in house. Yep. Um, so, how are you planning on a accelerating that need or that gap in player profile, that being pace of play for the college level or beyond, and b how how are you planning on presenting uh, th- your your system as non-combative and mm-hmm. you know kind of a regional benefit yeah so and and I'll preface this with this first is the speed of play and the reason I the reason I really went this way is because of my experience of playing overseas we were a very technical we were a very physical team uh but we got destroyed when we were playing brazil we got destroyed you know playing england um because of how fast they played i mean it was pass 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 and and we were sitting there holding the ball for you know seven or eight seconds getting absolutely just demolished so i carried that piece of the academy from my experience playing overseas now with the club realm clubs are beyond territorial i mean they're psychotically territorial in a lot of in a lot of cases um and and there are clubs that will try to create things that are very similar to what we have as far as an academy goes uh, there's a club in kentucky that's not very far away that tried to do something very similar where they got the pushback at and i think this is where clubs fail in my opinion and, and why they will struggle with it is because if parents get upset parents hold the checkbook Parents say, oh, well, it's too hard on my kid. I don't want my kids to do that. Or, you know, this isn't what we signed up for because, you know, our kids don't want to do that. As soon as the parents say, I'm going to pull my kids someplace else, clubs start to prick their ears out. I don't have and that that's why, And that's why you take the proactive approach. When somebody signs up for one of your camps, you make mm-hmm. a call within 24 hours yeah. to give them kind of a disclaimer that, hey, this is not a, a, kid, a camp for kids who don't know how to play or who don't know how to play at a high level yeah. or with intensity. So that's, that's cool. Um, or yeah. mainly, or mainly who, who have some picture in their mind that I can send them here, spend a little bit of money and then my kid gets better, but Hey, it's, it's not about that. It's about work rate and, and 
we're going to be different. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yes. And, and so our main thing in, in every single year that I've done this and we're going into our fifth year right now, every year on day one, the first thing I say is get on the line. That is the first line that I say every single summer. Get on the line. On the line. It's a test because we got to get your standards. Dean Hackman. Dean Hackman. So let you me. Know me. Let me. Um, let me go this route here uh, because in so many of our conversations, there's always this this. Uh, uh, I don't know, journey of players and parents trying to, to get the golden ticket and figure out what the path next step is. Um, to, to summarize your academy, is, is it about that transactional uh, success at the end? Are you looking to place kids in college is basically what I'm asking. And is that kind of a focus moving forward? Or is it, you know, moving down the ladder? Uh, we want to get you out of rec and into a club, or we want to get you from club to academy or whatever it is. What's your sweet spot, you know, if you look at your 12, 18-month time frame? Our sweet spot, I would say, is getting those kids ready from high school to college. Okay, I, I definitely think that's, that's what we're known for. Um, that's our sweet spot. That's where most of our athletes come to us for. Now, we do have a couple younger athletes in middle school who are just trying to make varsity soccer. Uh, we do have high school or middle school athletes who are, they have the idea that college soccer is fun or cool and they want to see what that's like. So, yeah, come, come see what the summer program's like, see if you can handle it here because it's going to be way worse in college. So, we, we, we definitely have that piece of it. Our bread and butter, the, the players that we get are those high school players looking to go above and beyond high school and club soccer. Now, we also get college players who are trying to go pro or semi-pro, so we have a lot of those players also. Um, and, and even with uh, the local pros that we have in town, I mean, I work with some of the local pros also. So it's we, – we have a wide range of athletes, but our sweet spot is definitely the high school kids trying to make college programs. Cool. Um, let's let's shift just a touch. Uh, we've, we've mentioned – you've mentioned techers. Uh, where well, – number one – what is it? Uh, number two, talk a little bit about the relationship between the Academy Techers and yourself, what that triangle looks like. Sure. So Techers is a soccer training equipment company. Um, and, and, and we it's very simple. Uh, Techers really, and honestly, Techers started because I was buying equipment from skills and buying equipment from you know whoever else was in the market at the time. And in I'll apologize now if you guys are big, you know, heads on, you know, certain brands or whatever. But the no, stuff just, no. <laughs> it's not. The only brand I'm a fan of is the Hill over across the street from me. So and, and Miller Lite <laughs> and Miller Lite uh, and, well, yeah, and, and Martin honestly, and Martin guitars. Those three things, I'm good. Well, I just got tired of buying stuff and then having a break. I, I got yeah. tired of spending a stupid amount of money on equipment that I couldn't use after one summer of use anymore. So I remember I got really pissed off one day because I was hosting a fundraiser for Beach Acres, which is where we foster cared at. Um, so I was hosting a, a soccer golf event for Beach Acres to raise money. And I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this. Um, well, there's only seven people listening. You're fine, man. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, I had I had contacted skills because they and I had 
had a lot of phone calls with them over months of me preparing for this event. And they were going to donate gift bags to all the kids. They were going to donate money to Beach Acres for foster care awareness throughout the city and the region. We get 10 days from the event and they, they ghosted, ghosted you. Ghosted <laughs> us. We had, I mean, Beach Acres was excited. The kids were excited. They, they were there to play soccer <laughs> and they were to learn the game. And they were going to get these little gift bags from skills. And they were so excited. And then just crickets. And it pissed me off so bad. That I went to Dick Sporting Goods. I looked in the box. Who's the manufacturer? And I just started making phone calls, making phone calls. And I was like, "Listen, I'll, I'll pay you whatever it takes to get this type of equipment here. I don't want it to be skills. What other stuff do you have?" And that's really how Tecker started. I was on the phone at three o'clock in the morning sometimes because that's where the manufacturers were around the world, yeah. making these phone calls. And then it, it kind of snowballed from let me get equipment for these kids now to okay i need equipment for my summer and i don't want to spend ten thousand dollars to a company that ghosted me so let me just pay the manufacturer directly and it, it really kind of built and snowballed from there to what it is today so just real quickly uh describe the type of equipment that is your sweet spot uh you know uh the cone, the long flags, the, 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 the rebound walls, what, what are some of the items that it's kind of your, the bread and butter? Like if you were to get a gift basket of Tecker's gear, what are the three or four things that are in that basket? The, it's easy. Our tech goal is easily our, one of our number one sellers, our tech goal and our rebounder are the two biggest sellers that we have. And that's on the individual side and that's in the college side. We have, I mean, Tennessee, University of Tennessee has our goals. Xavier has our goals. Oregon has our goals. Notre Dame has our goals. So, well, I was, I was looking, uh, there were a couple of logos that I noticed. Uh, looks like a little St. Louis Billiken on there. Uh, yep. a little, Notre, on there. little Notre Dame, a little tennis, Tennessee, Zach. I know. I saw it. Don't you worry. <laughs> Missouri Valley. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we definitely have, those are our two biggest products. Um, and then our training vest too, because you know we sell them at a lot lower cost than Nike or Adidas or anybody else does. How um, bad do yours retain smell, and do they stink <laughs> just as bad as everyone ever? <laughs> I mean, That's if, you can, if you can solve yeah. that problem, the billion-dollar idea. I, if I could solve that problem, I would have sold out already. I would have sold the company at this point. Um, they, I'm, I'm not going to answer that question because I don't have the question. <laughs> you know, true, true story. This is completely lame and a little bit on subject here. I had a uh, inventing engineering kind of idiot savant friend way back in college. And for literally six years of his life post-college, he tried to to uh, design and fabricate fabric softener underwear so that when he did have flatulence, it would smell like lavender. <laughs> wow. Spent wow. real money developing. I'm like, dude, wow. if you can pull that off, well, then, you know, that would just totally mess everybody up. So we totally jumped the shark here. I told you, man, we don't stay on the rails here. That's all right. So, okay. So, Techers, uh, the explosion in the soccer training gear world I mean, we've all been around the game our whole lives. Let's be honest. It really didn't even exist until probably, what, Jared, last five, six years maybe? Yeah, you're, I, I would agree with that. I, you know what I'm talking about. It's like the little the, the yeah. little kick walls and things that, yeah. that are not just a, the, the, a cyclone fence and, 
<laughs> you know, yeah. some uh, put some suitcases out for cones. But uh, yeah. so, yeah. what what are you seeing? What's the market telling you uh, as far as like interest? Uh, feedback, where, where's techers falling? Because a lot of people that are probably buying your gear have at some point bought skills or some other yeah. iteration. W- what are you hearing and, you know, uh, how good do you feel about it? So I'll be very honest. Right now is a downtime for personal soccer training equipment. Um, and and that's across the board. The, the only company that I know that is selling a lot and they're selling on Amazon is Quick Play. Yep. And they flood the market with so much marketing that that's what majority of kids see. And there's so on our social media, we have a comparison video of Quick Play's, I forgot what the name of their rebounder is, uh, Quick Play's rebounder side by side with our, re, with our rebounder. And it demolishes Quick Play. And it, 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 it's like two of the rebounders that we compare them to. We, I mean, we put them through the paces, we hit them. You know, we kick the balls out, whatever it is. Um, so right now on the on the individual purchase side, that part of the industry is slightly down uh, with, with all the economic downturn that we've had. On the club side, the, the college side, we're still selling to those to those types of programs. Um, I think the last 24 hours we sold eight goals to um, a local club in town um and, and a university also it, so let me ask so, you this though kind of the, the gist of my question uh the the, the b part <clears throat> mm-hmm. feedback what what is setting your rebounder apart oh. your goals what is what is the difference like if somebody is listening because we obviously have people that are in soccer that are yeah. listening to this thing um why why techers from a performance standpoint what's the competitive advantage yeah, so we I, I joke that Techers is the no-name brand with brand quality equipment. So we have, I mean, our rebounder is, we get the material source from Florida, we get it manufactured here in Cincinnati. It's, it's, it's USA made, but the material that we use will not, will not rot, it won't do, it, it won't uh, misshape in weather, hot or cold. Uh, we use marine grade HDPE, which is a uh, almost like a playground or like a, a boat type plastic. Um, the the walls that we have on that, I designed a couple years ago, and I God, I wish I would have patented it, you know, four or five years ago. But it has a soft tooth design, so it, it digs into the turf just enough to where it won't damage the turf. But you don't need to have sandbags, you don't need to have weights behind it, like you do with all these other companies. And then when you flip it to get the the pop-up effect when you rebound it there's a little bitty tooth on the back of that also so again no sandbags no weights you don't need to sit there and carry four different items with you onto the pitch or your the backyard and the other thing is is everything that i've that we have for techers i put it to my my kids like and i I have them tested can they put it up can they carry it can they can they carry it to the pitch because to me that's a big deal yeah, because you know, we, we because we've done enough work. We do not need to carry yeah. that shit too. No, of course not. And I'm a, I'm a dad. I don't want to sit there and carry four different things for my kids to get some some practice in the field. If right. if my kids can carry it, I'm gonna make them carry it. So everything that we have is light enough but durable enough for kids to carry. And we've got professionals who endorse our products too. I mean, you know, we we didn't ask for the for them to endorse our products. They they like the products and they use them. They bought the products, and they said, hey. 
I like this. Can we showcase you on Instagram? Whatever. Hell yeah, you can. I'm not going to say no to that. Of course you can. So with Techers, it's it's really the the design behind it, but at the at a price point that people can afford more than anything. Uh, as, yeah. you, as you can tell from the little da-ding, Jared has a question. <laughs> yeah, so you know that that's an interesting start in, in good equipment in any sport is hard to come by as we all know because we've all spent thousands of dollars on all sorts of equipment so that that's encouraging that there's a product out there that you're providing to these these kids and clubs um early on in that initial um, um manufacturing of the company or beginnings of the company um you had mentioned mentioned the foster system um I, I like to move it away from soccer a little bit and, and talk about in that late 2018, 19, a lot of families are going through, um, you know, trying to start a family issues like conceiving issues. And, and I think you and your wife were, were, were no different. And mm -hmm. can, can you talk about the timeline of when you adopted and then, and then as your, your, your first, um, your twins were born, I mean, how, how big of a time was that for you and your family? And, and you know, you guys, you just do, do a quick Google search about you guys. I mean, you guys have made some relationships with the Ertz and because and, and, there's a lot of people struggling with it. And, and I think a lot of people are glad to hear your guys' story. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest with you. It was when we first started talking about our story, it was very difficult to talk about. Um not a lot of people not a lot of people like to talk about the struggles of fertility or you know and the struggles of being able to start a family my wife and i we tried to start a family for eight years with zero success and, wow. and every doctor we went to there was zero explanation of why we can't have kids or, or start our family we we always knew that we wanted to adopt um my my father-in-law is not the biological father for my wife or her siblings um, you know, so there is, there's a strong tie there with, you know, doing something outside of just our biological family. And, and we, we both felt that need or that desire whenever we were struggling over the years. And man, when I tell you that we struggled, it was, it was a struggle both emotionally as individuals and as a couple too. Um, we, we were probably on the brink three or four times during that time period because we just couldn't figure things out when we decided that we wanted to start looking at adoption and foster caring, we reached out to a lot of different people to get feedback. What was your experience? Um, and everyone that we talked to who foster cared always came back to the agency that we went to Peach Acres. And I have a lot of praise for that agency for what they do and, and other foster agencies also. But we had, we went through all the classes and I and, and I I can very distinctly remember the first phone call we got because the emotions just jump right. So we get a call late at night and it's we have a little girl, blonde hair, blue eyes. Um, mom's you know cracked out. Don't know who the dad is. Can you guys take her? We had we had a four bedroom house, with kids' beds that were never used. So of course we can. Um, you know we 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 fostered her for seven months. Uh, grew insanely attached and we got the call that they located a dad for her like her dad so yeah no we thank went, you thanks for what you did but we need her back yeah yeah and it was and, and honestly 
they didn't know who her dad was. Wow, He's a great dude. Down. He turned out to be a great guy. He really did. He had a great job, owned his own house, um, wasn't married. He, if there was a good situation for her to go to, that's it, right? But, but getting that call that she's no longer to be with us was emotionally a train wreck. I mean, I, I, I was destroyed thinking that I could see a future as her as my daughter, right? So we started the visits with the family and everything else. And, you know, things progressed. I, you know, over the years, we had 10 kids come into our house and 10 kids and I think seven and a half years, roughly. You always get attached. There's no way not to get attached to these kids. But, but I think that's the part of the process that keeps people away, to be honest with you, is, you know, we, we get told and told time again that Man, I can't do this because I'm going to fall in love with them and I'm going to want to keep them. Well, well yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what you're called for, right? When you get into this like, to foster care, you, you're, you're asked to be that parent. You're asked to step in and to love this kid with everything. We, we had kids that were with us for a year and a half, and we were at the courts ready to adopt. We had everything set in stone, and then an uncle comes out of Texas. He says, hey, I'm stepping in now. I'm going to go ahead and take these kids. Never met them before, but I'm going to take them. That was, that was the hardest loss because the kids, it was a boy and girl. Uh, he was, I want to say four. She was five. And when I tell you that these kids in foster grow up so fast, it's insane how fast they grow up. The four-year-old boy, he was a wreck. He was crying. He didn't, he didn't want to let go of me. He, you know, they came to pick him up from our house and he just would not stop holding on. And then his sister, wow. who I obviously I can't see her, her name, but her sister, his sister, who's five years old, looked me and my wife down in the eye and said, Mommy, it's gonna be okay. I knew this was gonna happen. That's for a five-year-old. You know, That's and it's wrenching. You know, it was it was awful. And you know, so foster care, like I said, it, it's it's bone crushing, it's soul crushing. I mean, it, it is, but the highs are so high when you have these kids in your house. And seeing what you seeing what people can do for these kids, honestly, as painful as some of those losses were, really made everything worth it. And that's awesome, man. And, and I think the the hardest thing for us, the hardest thing for me, uh, you know, obviously my wife is her own person, but the hardest thing for me as a foster parent was hearing the stories that these kids have been through. Because you can think of the absolute worst thing in the world, and it is nowhere near the reality of what these kids have gone through. Um, so I'm, I'm like getting emotional thinking about it now because all the kids. Um, <laughs> well, we, we would but, wonder if you didn't. So <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. So it's yeah. So so foster care is such an important part of our life. And whenever our girls came to us, you know, we met them early on in the foster care system or foster care process. They went to another fam local family who was older. They weren't going to adopt because they were in their 70s. Uh, but we kept the relationship and the girls got to a point to where they knew that their biological parents were coming back and the courts asked the girls said, do you have anybody in mind that you'd like to be your parents and they put our two names down they said we would like bj and kalina to consider adopting us and it was one of those things where it's like i don't even have to think twice about this you guys are great kids we already love you even though we've never had you guys before um so they moved in we, we we got word that we were going to be able to adopt them and that they were going to be moving in with us and i kid you not within two weeks we find out that we're having twins i mean it was it was that quick that's unbelievable 
<laughs> we were already, my wife was already a few months pregnant. We didn't even know it at the time. Just, hey, by the way, we got some test results back and you guys have twins on the way. So, so, he, so the so the lack of uh, securing a patent on that uh, kickboard, you're really kicking yourself now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I've heard stories similar to that over the years. And um, a lady I know was she came in the other day and she said, I have three 27 year olds as of today. Um, she went through the same process of adoption the day they signed because it was after the, once they figured out, you know, they were going to take this kid and it was going to be working out. She found out she was pregnant. The twins that she had were born on the day they signed wow. for him. And so three kids all the same age, <laughs> the same day. Wow. That's um, intense. Yeah, but, you know, I, I want to say to you and your wife, I, I appreciate what you are putting back out into the world and, and, and sacrificing kind of those lows that you talked about because – my wife and I were thankful and, and same with Jared and JB's um, to have the kids that we did, but we have so many friends and, and coworkers that we have that have gone through similar situations and what you're doing on the foster side, what you're doing with these, the Academy and on a lesser note, but still important that the, the techers side of it, just putting out good quality material and, and, and gear out there is, is awesome. So BJ, it was great to meet you, man. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I appreciate it. You so what's uh what's what's next? What's coming up this spring, summer? You got camps coming up. Uh, where can people listening uh, check out the gear, check out the camp or or academy? What's the easiest way to learn more about BJ's endeavors? Yeah, so uh, the academy's website is just DarrellFootball.com, F O O T B A L L dot com. Uh, and yeah, we, so we do have academies. We do have uh, camps coming up. I start planning summer camps in December uh, because there's a lot that goes into it. Um, you know, and then Techers is t e k k r s dot com, kind of a play on the word. And and a lot of people have asked me questions. Where does Techers come from? Like, what's the word come from? And I actually I, I heard that word when I was playing overseas because they call Techers stands for someone with high technical ability. So we, I would always hear, you know, that I've been called that a ton. I don't know. No, no, no. That is P E C K E R. You got to clean those ears out, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so, man. I appreciate it, dude. And obviously you're on all the socials as well, Twitter, et cetera. Yeah. So if you're uh, interested, go check it out. Really appreciate your time, man. I know we tried to make this happen a, a few times, and life uh, got in the way on both sides here. So yep. let's uh, let's stay in touch. We'll we'll be following up, checking it out, and uh, we're always. I mean, shit, we're you. I, I shouldn't say we're always in Cincinnati, but we're often in Cincinnati, avoiding that chili, and uh, uh, you know, watching our kids play somewhere. <laughs> So uh, we'll definitely have to hook up, man, if you're cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. We like that Moorline Alehouse. You know that? That Moorline yeah, Alehouse right in between the stadiums. Uh, the that's one down by place. the – that's the one right down by the river, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, good, that's a good place. That is a good place. Right on. Well, hey, we're going to let you go. Zach, Jared, thank you as always. Thanks, for BJ. Good luck to you. Appreciate it, guys. Keeping everything on the rail. Thanks, 
Uh, we appreciate all the support. St. Louis Ambush, check it out. They got a game. Uh, we're gonna have this out in time. They're gonna have a game this Saturday, as uh, Zach pointed out earlier. Go check it out. Uh, get your tickets and then uh, explore St. Louis. Uh, your source for all things to eat, do, sleep, see, selfie, and beyond in the loo. And uh, we're out of here. You guys be good. Like, share, review, follow. Catch you next time. Thanks, BJ. Good luck.